I was, I, I was born in 78. I don't know too much about you. This generation don't know too much about you. I'm sorry, bro, you, you way out of line. Westbrook's intensity is what makes him Westbrook, and it's what wears people out. And I just think he's a very tightly uh, wound guy. Draymond looked like the old Draymond for a night. Oh, you're going to give me these open threes? I'm not going to bang them off the side of the backboard. I'm going <laughs> to knock them down. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard sits with Skip and Shannon to discuss what went wrong for the Lakers in New York. Okay, we're joined by FS1 and the analyst, Chris Broussard. Good morning. Good morning. Chris, did LeBron make the right play? Well, let me start by saying I I'm not personally a fan of hero ball. Right. I hate it when at the end of the games, you just give it to your best player and tell him create something. Go yes. one on four. I don't care if it's LeBron. Uh, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, whoever. Unless it's Michael Jordan. Go ahead. But even Jordan, like, if you look at some of his – now, the last one against Utah, which is that his was iconic. Ball. That yep. was the similar situation as LeBron was in yesterday. But the shot against Cleveland, it's more of you go get the ball, you make a quick move. It's not I'm going to stand here and dribble for mm -hmm. 10 seconds. You know, that's rare. I go back to the junior, junior sky hook, of course, Magic Johnson. Magic told me himself he was a third option on that Yeah, he play. was looking for somebody to pass it. Right. It was Worthy, Kareem, and then Magic was a third option. I, I prefer you run a play or put it in your best player's hands and let him make a, a good play. The but run a play decisions. with options. <laughs> That's what I prefer. Now, that said, looking at the way it played out yesterday, they spread the floor. The, the Knicks didn't double. I'm glad LeBron didn't take that three. He, he you, you know, sometimes you see him just take a, a bad three in, the, in a situation <laughs> like that. So when why, I look, why at, didn't he? He was zero for. Well, he was zero for two. Right, that right. Didn't help. And okay. I liked what he did. Like he loves going left. You look yep. at a lot of his game winners; they're going left. Even when he passed off the court for against Draymond, he was going left. Because you look at the middle and you think maybe you go to the middle, but there's more help there. And again, he likes going left. He made, even when he went left, the guy, the Knicks defender didn't come off the three-point shooter. So it was, it was a... Kuzma in the corner. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good play. He mm -hmm. just didn't get any lift. And his own, you made a great defensive play. I mean, I have more of a problem with the 25-footer with a minute 20 left or the 22-footer with 30 seconds left. But I got, I mean, he just didn't make the play, but... It, was a, it wasn't a bad play. It wasn't like you look at it and say, what is he doing? I thought he... He made a good play, just didn't mm. didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It was. Skip, you, what? Hold on. Didn't you just hear that about thirty minutes ago? <laughs> I could have swore. Chris, Chris sorry. You heard me. You heard me. <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't watch y'all. So I, I come what? in un, unbiased. Say what? You didn't think it was a good play? Is it my I mean, turn? he didn't. You know what? You know, Are go you ahead. letting him go? Yeah, I'm gonna let him go because I know. He, yeah, I want you to go. Okay. I want you to go. <laughs> First of all. This was the Mecca. You've been there many times and covered okay. many basketball games there. This is Madison Square Garden. On St. Patrick's Day, I thought LeBron would use this opportunity to, as I told him, put a little lipstick on this pig of a season for the L.A. Lakers. 
I thought he would go for 50 or 60, and they would rout, relentlessly rout the hapless New York Knicks at home where they had going in the worst home record in all of the NBA. And there are points in the game where I thought, okay, here he goes, here he goes, here he goes, and he did wind up with 33, but he missed a career-worst 11 shots in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So he did not have it going, which forced him into the classic rock and a hard place situation at the end of the game. He's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Again, it's it's his turn, his ball. He's on Mario Hazonia, who, by the way, was a bust in Orlando. He was the fifth, fifth pick in the pick, draft, right. and they just let him walk in free agency because they had <laughs> had enough. And the Knicks signed him just for one year this year, and Mario Hazonia got nose-to-nose with LeBron full court. Just as soon as the ball was inbounded, he jumped right in his face and said, I've got you all the way home. So usually, to your point, LeBron pulls up and shoots some ridiculous, like, 30-foot three-point shot. They're only down one at this point. But because he was 0 for 6, I think he's thinking, because he's got the highest IQ in basketball, I can't pull that off today. I can't sell that. If they're down by two, he'd probably take it at three. Okay, maybe, maybe. (laughs) I'm, I'm with you on that. So he does what I pounded this desk for him to do for years and years. He drives it. But you have to finish your drive on Mario Hazonia because I promise you, if you take it hard to the rack, if you go up hell-bent, you are going to get the foul call in Madison Square Garden on that day. You're LeBron James. You're going to go to the free throw line where he is a career-low 66% from the free throw line. And we've seen again and again this year, he has late-game clutch Free throw line demons. They've haunted him all year long from like the second game. Remember the Rockets game? It started there, and it just kept on keeping on. And he's got problems in his head, and I'm not – I'm actually defending him here. So he gets deep in the lane, and he's thinking, do I go up strong and have to go stand there and make one of two just to get us to overtime? Because you know that's shaky for him. That is not his forte. I think he's way ahead of this game. I don't think – because remember, obviously – I don't know, a minute earlier. Two plays earlier. He had DeAndre Jordan. That wasn't wasn't for the game, and he just shot a a kind of a timid layup that got blocked on the way up by DeAndre. But he didn't know DeAndre was coming. And I don't think he had room to go up, Skip. Like, his own, you actually, you're right, he's a bust. But he played good defense. LeBron couldn't have got there. Okay. When LeBron gets deep and he slows up. He doesn't attack him. And by, LeBron's 6'9", 2, what, what do we think he is? 270 maybe? 265? 65. You know, Hazonia is 6'8", an inch shorter, and weighs maybe 220. He's just, come on. He's LeBron, sneaky strong. Okay, yeah, but LeBron can just, <laughs> just crash into him and he's going to the foul but line. I promise photo, you. If you look at that photo, who's behind Hazonia? Okay, DeAndre, but, but you can't over. stop right. the foul call. The foul call is going to be on Hazonia. It's just How? going – he's not going to get any respect from the refs at that point. So what does LeBron do? He starts to slow down, and then he goes up timidly. He goes up half-heartedly, and his body language was almost like – oh, go ahead and block this, don't foul me. Whatever you do, don't foul me. That's how it came across to me. Listen, Chris, he didn't just get fingertip blocked on the shot. He oh, got was full, full hand. Full he hand got no blocked. extension. This no, is no LeBron's extension. freaking James, and but he look, gets full hand blocked on the play? The play before that DeAndre blocked, mm-hmm. he didn't get any lift on that but, either. Okay, right. what's going on? Is he really slowing down that much? Is he more groundbound now? Well, I see him dunk. For some reason, you're right, he... He didn't get – I don't think it was that he was afraid. He just didn't get any lift. Right. But I think he jumped because he's going to his left, 
and he jumps off the wrong Side. foot. He jumps off his right. Normally, well, it's because he came to a stop. Right. If you watch him, normally when he goes to that, that turnaround, he jumps off his left. Right. But he he right. jumped off his right off his right foot, so now he can't get the lift that he normally. Get. I mean, look look at where it is. There's he no way he's ready. getting that shot right, off. Right. Right. The guy the guy's already an extension, and LeBron hasn't That's even weird. let the ball go. So there's no chance he's going to get the ball. That ball is going to get up. But you know what, Skip Bayless? I know you're going to do this. I knew you was going to do this. I'm not doing you, it. You he do did it. it. You, I didn't do it. You, you see? Shannon, that, that's the most embarrassing moment of his regular season career. Oh, come to on. To get a Shit. full hand blocked by it's Mario It's a good Zonia. play. Give his own. You oh, he don't want to do that. Oh. It's a good play. Are you I mean, kidding honestly. Me? Are you kidding me? You allow a 13 to 1 run by the New York Knicks to close the game when you're supposed to be a closer? He's not a closer. Oh, but let me ask you a question. Not would a closer. You, would you consider a Moutier a bust? Yeah. Next, Steven Jackson joins Nick and CeCe to discuss the Warriors dynasty. I was at that game, and they look, they're starting to look unstoppable again. I mean, not even having KD out there, I think the, the best part, like I told him earlier, Boogie's getting in shape. Uh, he's, he's been aggressive on both ends. They are going inside. You've never seen Golden State play like this. They're really pounding that ball inside, especially when not having KD on the team. But... Those, uh, Steph and Clay, they just showing that damn damn rap form right now, and, and this team is ready for the playoffs. You can see it. I mean, Steph was Steph. Steph was spectacular, and Clay was spectacular defensively. Clay eliminated Russell Westbrook. It was Russ's worst game of the year. Uh, I, I mean to cut you off. I was at that game. Russ was just off. He got every shot he wanted. He got to the basket a lot. He was just off. I don't think it was too much of Clay. Okay, I well, all right, we, we can disagree on the yeah, point, but Russ that. was, whether it was Clay. Just look at that last shot, listen, wide I open. I understand that, but you want Russ to be taking threes. You want Russ, the, when you're guarding Russ, the goal is to keep him out outside of the pain, the restricted area, and Clay was, I thought, doing, and the team defense doing a great job of that. If you're the Thunder, you almost throw this game away because Russ was so bad. Mm -hmm. Russ is not going to go two for 16. He's not going to score seven points. The Warriors, it to me looked like a vintage 2016 Warriors game. Draymond's hitting threes. Steph's going crazy. Clay's getting his 20-plus playing great defense. Now, the boogie part's different, mm -hmm. but, I mean, Draymond looked like the old Draymond for a night. Oh, you're going to give me these open threes? I'm not going to bang them off the side of the backboard. I'm going <laughs> to knock them down. The, if the Warriors play like this, of course they're unbeatable. Yeah. They play like this, and without Kevin Durant, you, you, you'd blow out Oklahoma City in a very important game for OKC. I don't know. I think there were a bunch of outlier instances. Russ's performance, Boogie, or Draymond's performance, and I don't think Boogie's a positive form. You and I are just going to disagree on this because I, I, you mentioned during the break, see, he's really trying on defense. He can try as hard as he wants. I don't think he can be a good defensive player. So I, But I don't think they need him once Kevin Durant comes back. But I'm not going to read too much into this game. The Warriors were, of course, the big favorites before this game and the big favorites after this game. But I'm not going to overreact to Saturday night's game. Well, you shouldn't overreact to Saturday night's game, but what also what they did to Houston. You know, the combination <laughs> of those two games. Because if you look at the energy for which they're playing with, because there are some things that Golden State and would have made them special. Their ability to be able to shoot the ball, how they pass the ball, their movement, also how many layups they can get because of their overall ball movement. What I'm, what I'm talking about now is their post game. When you throw the ball in the Boogie Cousins and you have all these people cutting and you can't help on Boogie Cousins, there's no one that can play him one-on-one -on -one in the paint. So that part right there I'm encouraged about. And from a defensive standpoint, they are playing the best defense 
that they have played this season. So now I got an added post game in Boogie Cousins. I'm back to playing top five defense, which I saw when they Houston and in the OKC. So I see a lot of positive things. A couple other things as far as injury and health. You made a great point about Boogie Cousins. He's going to be in better shape at the end of this month, getting ready for the playoffs, and now these additional minutes, they only help that. He looks thinner than he had been earlier in the season. And Clay is just coming off of where they gave him three games rest because of his knee. He looks refreshed. So now coming down the stretch, the way they've had these injuries where Steph was injured early, all right? Draymond was injured in the middle, all right? Clay and KD kind of injuries were at the same time. Clay came back. Now KD is out. It's how you get injured and when you get injured in the NBA. And they have had a remarkable clean, <laughs> five years running. I mean, clean slate as far as lack of injuries that affected them, especially in the playoffs, Jenna. You mentioned, Stephen, that you, you, you feel like this team is finally rounding itself out and getting itself into place, getting ready for the playoffs. Because we talked all year long about how hard it is when you're a team like the Warriors who just win – to the, the malaise that you suffer just from having been there and done that, you feel like they've turned a corner when we'd say the switch, like they've turned the switch on? Like you feel like now they are getting playoff ready where they're all on the same page? Well, they've been having the switch in their hand all season. But they haven't switched it yet. Right, because it, it wasn't time. Now it's time. Last 15, 20 games, you want to go into the playoffs playing well. You want to go into the playoffs playing healthy. And like you said, if the, if the injury bug happened perfect for them because KD is the only one that hasn't had a rest this year. These are the first games he's missing, so it's perfect for them. They're going to go into the season with their clothes arrested. They in trouble. The league's in trouble. No, it was going to take one of two things for the Warriors to not win the championship this year. Either just really bad injury luck, it looks like the opposite's happening with them, mm -hmm. or the Rockets peaking at the exact right time. That, to me, is why I, the, the game against Houston, to me, was much more noteworthy than the game against OKC. I think OKC can maybe take them to six. Maybe. I think if they play OKC, it's probably 4-1 Golden State, and that's with no disrespect to what Paul George and Russ have done throughout the year. Houston can beat this team. Would I pick them to beat this team? Probably not. But Houston has shown they have a blueprint for it, that they have, they, they have a player that Golden State cannot guard in James Harden, and they would have beat him last year if Chris Paul stayed healthy. Now, this year when they play, they're going to have to have game one on Golden State's floor, and if it gets there, a game seven on Golden State's floor. But Houston is happy with the idea that Boogie Cousins is getting in shape. Houston is happy with the more minutes you want to give to Boogie. You know what Houston didn't like? Them bringing back Andrew Bogut. Like, that's a guy that they know what he can do for them defensively. Golden State doesn't need more offense. But if Golden State's going to be beaten, it's either something happens injury-wise, which doesn't look like it's going to, or Houston plays its best two weeks of basketball. Houston is not worried about Andre Bogut. They're definitely worried about Boogie. I can't believe you said that. Boogie is going to destroy people. He's going to take Capella completely out of the game. This series, if they get to the Rockets, this series is not going to be the same. Capella's going to get punished. He's going to get taken out of the game earlier. And you've never seen this team, a team of this, uh, this great that has an inside presence like Boogie. I'm telling you, playoff time come, it's going right, to be a I'll, for a lot I'll of make teams. you a deal. I'll bet my sunglasses yes. against one of your fancy medallions that if Rockets and Warriors play each other. That Boogie will outscore Capella and win by war, 20. That the Warriors are outscored when Boogie's on the court. That the Warriors are outscored when Boogie's on the court. You're trying I'm, to get I, you I, on no, the no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than I look. Okay. No, I will bet you win or loss. I'm <laughs> not going to bet you on, on the numbers. Well, you, then you got to. You're I an analytical put, you guy. Put, I'm the basketball guy. You got to put the chain and win both medallions Check. against this. In the hood, we bet win or lose. We don't bet none of that. straight street. Take that. Win or lose. Take that in your We'll see you later on the show.
Now, Doug Gottlieb sits with Colin Coward to break down the NCAA tournament and whether or not the Warriors are better with Boogie Cousins. These are my – I've, I've watched all the good – I've watched Duke a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michigan's built for the tournament because I think their game coach is amazing. I think Kentucky, Michigan State are close, but I can't see them winning six straight games. These are my six I like. Is there a dark horse? Is there a team you love? I mean, Duke, well, you don't have Kentucky in there. I'm surprised uh, by it. There's five and four against ranked teams. They got better late in the year, but they're okay, kind of well, – Well, Gonzaga lost to Tennessee and to North Carolina and lost to Duke um, – beat Duke. Who you know, should win in, it? Um, who should win it? I mean – Duke should win it based upon talent and pedigree, but they're, they have basically three guys that can score, no bench, they don't and, they, shoot. and they can't shoot. <laughs> they can't so, shoot. But, but, like, if I went through each one of these teams, like Michigan, no bench, and can't score, they have to beat you with their defense. Yes. And they're great at point guard defensively and great at center defensively. Uh, but, you know, they lost to Michigan State three times because Michigan State was that much better at point guard offensively. Uh, you know, North Carolina, I think, has a ton of talent. Yeah, I like that. But, but Kobe White, their freshman point guard, is more of a scorer than kind of your traditional Roy Williams point guard. Tennessee and Gonzaga, I have questions about their guard play. Virginia, you know, like, don't tell me you're pregnant. Show, show me the baby in right. terms of the NCAA tournament. I, I Look, I have Kentucky in my bracket, and I have some of the same hesitations you do. Yeah. They have youth. Ashton Higgins, their point guard, can't shoot, yeah. but he's great defensively. They got scores on each wing. Yeah. They got scores inside. They defend. They have depth. And and as much as you could take shots at John Calipari for only winning one title at Kentucky, he's around most time. More times yeah. than not, he's around. They're close. I would put Kentucky definitely okay. on that list and probably take Michigan Oh, off the list. Okay. What they've been able to do, considering what they lost from last year, is nothing short of miraculous with John Beeline. I just don't think they have the offensive firepower to win four, let alone six games. By the way, great weekend. Great job in the Big Ten Championship. Thank you. It was wild. Like, just fun, I mean, crazy. And it's one of these things that we do in, in my sport, college basketball, is we have a tendency to completely downplay conference play and conference tournament play. Like, and, that stuff is Awesome. And Michigan State won their preseason tournament in Vegas. Yeah. They won their regular season. They beat Michigan three times, and they won. That was an absolute war yesterday yeah. to win in Chicago. And nobody cares if they lose, you know, their, their first-round right. game, like what happened to Middle Ten- when they lost to Middle Tennessee yeah. uh, going back a couple years ago. All right, I want to go to a couple of NBA things. First of all, I've said I don't hate Russell Westbrook. I hate his game. Um, there's kind of a lack of self-awareness. He's a very rigid, tightly wound guy. And when you are and you add a little tension to it, playoffs, fourth quarter against the Warriors, he completely melts down Saturday. I'm not going to bang on him because he's not a great shooter and he never has been. You he, just did bang on him. Well, no, but what I bang on him for, <laughs> his personality. I was on a plane years ago, guys drunk, unruly, and tension is contagious. The uptight dad, the guy in the plane. You, we've been in TSA where somebody. And you are who your best player is. And they're ju- I watched this meltdown Saturday night. Yeah. What did you make of it? Well, I, I, I kind of think we keep stoking it. Like even the look, the fan should have lost his tickets. Yes. In, in Utah. Yes. But the fact is, like, that's not his first run in with a fan even this year. Right. Right. Like, yeah. hey, dude, we don't dislike you. We actually like you. Like we we get into the clothes thing and the shoes thing yeah. and the why not th- and the why not thing. And yet, for whatever reason, he's super, super defensive. And we make excuses for Russell Westbrook. We make excuses for the poor shooting. We're like, hey, look, Paul George has been great. So Russell Westbrook must be part of that. He's part of that. But he's not. It's most of it is Paul George has just been great. Right. Um, I, 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 I kind of think the way in which most players, most media members, 
handled the Russell Westbrook in Utah situation yeah. is why we see him acting this way. Um, you know, he got another, he gets technical fouls. He's supposed to be suspended a game, right? Because he's got more technical fouls than anybody in the NBA. Like Which that's so not weird. He's just so incredibly defensive and a me against the world guy. Yeah. When the world is not actually against Russell Westbrook. By, by the way, it's kind of what makes him great. What makes Russell yes. Westbrook great is that he's got this chip on his shoulder a mile high. It's why Aaron Rodgers ends up from a junior college to the great talent. But sometimes your personality, your benefits become, I tend to be kind of myopic. That can make me a really dopey husband. <laughs> and sometimes my kids want to strangle me. Westbrook's intensity is what makes him Westbrook. And it's what wears people out. And I just think he's a very tightly uh, wound guy. And you add a little bit of tension to the mm. moment. And it just implodes quickly. There, there's no question. I, I know people that have always been Westbrook fans. Yes. Because of how hard he works. Yes. And how hard he plays. Can't deny And, and his, level of, his level of competitiveness on a daily basis. Who are now just like kind of done with the whole thing the whole tough guy act yeah the 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 you know the whole the, the refs are out to get me the world is out against me like look he he's gotten worse not better as a shooter it, normally when you when you start to age you get better as a shooter That's and worse a... as an athlete but he's just like look it it creates an amount of tension that is not good for his team and they should be a legit challenger oh, in the God. west now, look the other thing that happened over the weekend Malcolm Brogdon got hurt he's out 6 to 8 weeks yep. i think that changes the east dramatically he's an incredibly integral part of what the what the bucks do and CJ McCollum we'll see what happens with with may his not knee. play for portland M might not play either which makes it, portland wasn't going to win the thing but they would be a nuisance to somebody in an NBA playoff series, drag it out six, seven games. Here's another story I think that needs to be addressed. We all know Kevin Durant's amazing, but I talked about this with, with, with certain guys are great talents, not great leaders. Barry Bonds, uh, you know, I think was a great talent. I don't think Barry was necessarily galvanized a uh, locker room. Sure. A-Rod a little bit. And we both like A-Rod. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jeter was both. Russell Wilson's both. Uh, I think Peyton Manning was great and a leader. You know, I look at Kevin Durant and, you know, Golden State you're he'll wrong. he'll leave for a couple games. You're, you're wrong. And they're better without him. They're not better without him. They're, they're not. This is the that's the this is the Celtics are better without Kyrie thing. They're not. I listen. The reason they beat Houston was Demarcus Cousins for the first time looked like Demarcus. Cousins. Yeah, he played well. He played played exceptionally well. And then they beat Oklahoma City because Russell Westbrook in, imploded. But you would acknowledge it is Steph's team. Uh, look, Steph is Steph is who they want to be. Steph play. Steph has fun. Like it's it's not work to him. Right. And that does flow to the whole team. Whereas KD is kind of a curmudgeon. Like he's like, why <laughs> yeah. is he not happy? But he's a walking bucket, Colin. Yes. He's the best player in the NBA because he can affect the game at both ends of the floor. And he has a virtually unstoppable pull up jump shot. Right. Like, so I, I get it. He's he's not that much fun to cover and he doesn't seem like he's enjoying himself that much. But there is kind of a mixture there. Right. Because Steph is fun. Steph plays with joy. But Steph will also turn it over and doesn't really bother him that much. K KD wants to tear out your heart and show it in front of you and, 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 and watch you bleed to death. That's who he is. He really is. Once upon a time, there was a nickname given him the Slim Reaper that he ran away from. And I thought that was amazing. I thought that was perfect. That's a great nickname. It is. It's, it's great. Um, he, he's struggling kind of internally, but they're, they're not better well, without the best score in it, the NBA. It, it goes to something. Joy and I talked about this. Remember Dan Campbell took over the Dolphins yes. as the coach? And he was kind of this like... You know, kind of the meathead coach, right? And for like four weeks, the Dolphins were amazing. Yes. But over time. Substitute teacher. But over time, the best teachers win. Andy Reid, Belichick. Kevin Durant, in a short spurt without him, 
the classroom's fine, but he is the smartest kid in the classroom. Like, in, it's so I end. just changed your opinion. All in, no, in you didn't. Minutes? But no, I think no, I did because you came in with the premise that they're better without him. <laughs> Look, here's the thing with Golden State that I don't know if you've said, but I've said okay. is I'm not convinced they're actually better with Demarcus Cousins. I don't okay? think they are. Right, and so, look, anytime Golden State has won an NBA championship, they've won three of the past four, they've done so closing out with Draymond Green with the small ball lineup, yep. right? That's their death lineup. Yeah. Okay? That's not having a big guy. And the reason is you have to hide Steph Curry. You can hide one guy defensively. You can't hide two. And if they have DeMarcus Cousins, now all of a sudden you can't switch every pick and roll with your center. And, oh, yeah, by the way, He's kind of a ball stopper offensively. Like, there's a reason they went out and got Andrew Bogut, you know, off the scrap heap who's in Australia because he's a great screener, both legal and illegal. He's a great passer, and he's a no-ego guy. Yeah. And he, he fits perfectly with what they have, whereas DeMarcus Cousins does not. I, I think the Warriors still know that they have problems. This weekend's two wins without Kevin Durant notwithstanding. Following, Steven Jackson joins Nick and CZ again to break down Clyde Frazier's critical comments on LeBron. Basically saying because of that, this guy's not going to be around anymore. Steven, what was your reaction to Clyde's comments? Saying that LeBron is not with the team, that he doesn't care anymore. First of all, Walt, nobody cares about your suits. Nobody cares about your oh. mustache, your haircut, or anything. I was, I, I was born in 78. I don't know too much about you. <laughs> this generation don't know too much about you. I'm sorry, bro. You, you way out of line. I mean... Anytime a team's losing, anytime LeBron losing, everything is magnified. Yep. He always sits at the, end, at the end of the bench. And if anybody on that team is coming out and saying he's a, he's a bad teammate or we don't want to play with him, no. Well, you way out of line. You need to worry about getting, getting up to date with your suits and stop worrying about what LeBron doing. Here's the thing that I don't get, and people are missing their opportunity. Like, it, for last eight years, people have been waiting to jump on LeBron for waiting. something. And this year, there's actually legitimate basketball criticisms that fourth quarter last night he was real bad he was bad he tried to do too much he didn't play the it's way not LeBron. the first bad fourth quarter well, you've had though no no of course no, no no but just follow me along here for a moment like there's legitimate criticism about the team about about his relationship with Walton about his performance on the defensive end all of that and at the end of the game last four possessions LeBron missed three block layup missed jumper and then Hazonia kills him in the game they lose the game they blow an 11 point lead with three and a half minutes left but this stuff is nonsense and I, I, I might like Walt, Clyde Frazier more than you do, Stephen. I don't. But the, he, I don't think Clyde knew he was talking to a teammate. The white guy he ta he's talking to right there is a trainer, and he gets either a, either a Kleenex or some athletic tape for, from him. And the guy sitting next to him is Tyson Chandler. Later in the game, Walt kills him again for making guys scoot down a seat. He and Lonzo are talking to each other and joking during that clip. Like, LeBron always sits in that spot. Every team he's been on, he sits in that spot. It's not as if he was in the game going to go back into the game. Luke's drawing up a time, a play, and he's sitting way away from everybody. This is, this, this is a ridiculous thing to criticize LeBron about when there are legitimate criticisms of LeBron this year and in this game, but this ain't one of them. No, that wasn't one of them. And also, a lot of times, as an announcer, you, you, don't, you don't watch LeBron. LeBron's making two times you're going to see him versus the Knicks. This is his only trip to the Garden. You think Walt Frazier's watching the Lakers play? I know he's not. Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't understand the body language. So when the game starts and in-game timeouts, when LeBron is in the lineup, he is in 
the, the structure of the huddle or sitting in one of those first few seats because it's important when you start the game, the coach is going to tell you as far as your assignments, the first few plays, and the theme for which you're trying to march to. But after that, I've watched LeBron, not only in high school, but in the three previous stops. Once you're during the game, LeBron is sitting at the end of the bench. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you don't know that, it's hard to commentate on the game. So when you're looking at it, you can be like, oh, man, that does not look good. But if you know LeBron James and or you know other NBA teams where guys go to the end of the bench. NBA players don't care nothing about this. Hey, Clyde, I'm going to tell you something, too. There was a time in the NBA when guys used to lay on the floor. Yeah, AI used to Thank lay you. on the ground. Larry Bird. Thank you. Yeah. They had back problems, and guys laid on the floor, laid at the end of the um, – up under the bucket. So this is not the first time, but I can understand LeBron James, who he is. Everything he does is overanalyzed, and he's going to get criticized just like he has in the past more times for things like this because that's the narrative what people thought going into the game. To me, I don't think people listening to Clyde are taking his lack of expertise in this area. And, and, and you know something, saying, you know something, yeah, I like LeBron. Now I don't like LeBron. Those who did love LeBron loved him after this. Stephen, why is he such an easy target, though? Because he's so great. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the only reason he's so great. Like he said, people have been waiting, to, waiting to, all this time, all his career to pick on him. But keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy with, with Dog and LeBron and Dog and the Lakers because I guarantee you they won't be in the same position next year. This summer. This summer or next year. Well, and this is also, to me, symptomatic of why so many guys are so reserved and so hesitant to embrace any part of the media because of how quickly people will turn on you. Like, the, right. so many of the folks that are just talking about LeBron, not as a basketball player, but as a teammate, almost mm -hmm. as his sports character, last year, what were they saying when he and Jetty Osman are chest bumping after the game winner against Toronto? What were they saying last year when he seemingly was resurrecting Jeff Green's career? What were they saying a few years prior when guys were coming to Cleveland of all places, to play with LeBron. Like, this is, we are 10 months removed from so many of these people almost, because there was no other choice, universally adoring what LeBron was doing, and now it's like, nope, this is how I really feel, let me kill him for it. Because Walt Demisi came into the game with an agenda. He was going to get that point in there. Mm -hmm. He was going to get in there because this was such a weird time to do it. LeBron's been a bad teammate this year. Let me find a reason to show you why. And the Lakers, after losing two in a row before this game, not, not, not even in those basketball games, having a St. Paddy's Day matinee where LeBron James is playing in the garden, where I called for LeBron five games ago to put him on the rack. I told Magic, me and, if I'm Magic, we're getting ready to get into a fist fight. Yeah. All right? Because I'm not going to let LeBron play the rest of the season because I don't believe the optics are good for him. I thought he was playing above his weight. I think he's gotten that down some. So to criticize someone who's the face of the – if he didn't care, he wouldn't be out there. So you can't say, oh, he's at the end of the bench, he doesn't care. Well, there's another way. And that's by taking yourself out of the games, and that's what LeBron refused to do. Even though they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, he said, that's not who I am. It, it, it's, it's, it's depressing coming from a, a, a former player. From a Hall of Famer. We all, I went from a former player to me. It's, it's crazy because we know we've all been in a position where we go sit at the end of the bench all the way at the end. It's, it's not yes. because of frustration. Sometimes that's the only seat, and sometimes you want to be down there to, to just refocus. 
um, saying LeBron is a bad team and all the stuff that people are trying to imply because of their losing is sad, and that's people that don't know the game. And you don't want that story with someone like Clyde, Hall of Famer, if you think so or not, like his commentary or not, like his dress or not, it just adds another log on that fire. Yes. Oh, LeBron's a bad teammate. Oh, he's not. He doesn't have an interest. Why did he sign a four-year deal? Fake he could have gave him a one-year deal. Fake news. And the reason I mentioned the Hall of Famer part is I was at this game. And so I, I didn't see this happen live. And it got texted to me by someone in LeBron's circle because of how taken aback they were by it. And the, re the what, I don't think LeBron and a lot of guys care so much about what the average media member says about him, the Rick Buecher article, which was a hit piece. But the guys, when you are in that club with them, not only former player, but guys that are gold jacket club members for the NFL, so to speak. Oh, I know this for a fact. And guys hate to do it. Man, me and Cam Newton, man, we had a nice powwow. And Cam said, man, I respect what you say. And you told me I'm supposed to be better. And I, I don't mind you criticizing me from where you're coming. But, man, up and down this league, man, I have had guys say, hey, man, People respect what you're saying. You're a Hall of Famer in this sport, and um, I didn't like it. And it then matters. I try to be on top it. of it. Respect it's, it or check right. it. That's how I look at it. Respect it. it or check it. And it will always matter more to, to like, when we're, talking, when we're talking NFL, and this is something you and I, I, I don't want to say struggle with, but we deal with before the show when we're talking about the topics. Mm -hmm. and when we're talking about the NFL in particular, if, if I say, if Chris and I were to say the exact same thing, it's always going to matter more to the person we're talking about what he says because he's been there and he's been there. Like, and Stephen, when we're talking about the NBA, like mm -hmm. there is. And yes. so it, it wasn't just a, a guy in my role, to be totally honest, killing LeBron. LeBron's been killed by people when he went to Miami, all these things. But someone who I feel should know, know better. Supposed to know the no, game. Supposed to know the supposed game. Supposed to know the game and know better. And a guy who is an all-time great I, I thought it was unfair. I thought it was it was intentional and premeditated and unfair. Stephen, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Great job. Glad to be here. Thank Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.